1: Hello and welcome to Test Kitchen Troubleshooting. I'm recipe developer Liberty Mendez from BBC Good Food, and each week I'll be joined with a member of the Good Food Cookery team. We'll talk through their recipes, what the testing and development recipe process was really like, and what they learnt along each step of the way. Have you ever wondered how to make the perfect roast chicken? One where the outside is golden and crisp, but without the meat becoming dry? One that's full of flavour and takes minimal effort? Well, food editor, stylist, and one of our roast chicken connoisseurs, Esther Clark, is here to give us her insight into what makes the best roast chicken and what she learnt developing the good food, crispy sage, and lemon roast chicken recipe. Welcome to the podcast, Esther. How are you? Although that might be a loaded question considering we're currently testing Christmas recipes.
2: Um, I'm really good. I sort of enjoy testing Christmas and sort of um, don't, but also (laughs) um, only because you have to eat so much and then you feel so full all the time. But actually it's Mm -hmm. quite a, a real pleasure to do really.
1: I mean it's a hard life having to eat 12 turkeys in August but someone's got to do it (laughs) (laughs) so Esther, listeners might know you from our magazine especially from writing your delicious seasonal recipes your crispy sage and lemon roast chicken recipe on the good food website is much adored and I would love to dive in to how you managed to perfect such a great recipe
2: so I, as you know, Liberty, I'm a huge roast chicken fan. I think probably it's something that I would make maybe once a week in my house. Um, it's 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 such a like sort of comforting and homely recipe. And it's something that we always grew up with having in our house um, as children. And it's kind of pure nostalgia to me. Um, you know, whether it's part of a roast dinner or, um, you know, part of a salad, or I actually love to have it with chips chicken chips and tarragon sauce was a big thing in our house when we were kids um it's just to me it it, it, when it's done really well it's so delicious and so simple and there's just a few things that you have to do in it to make it super delicious um so so you've
1: made made quite a few in your time then so was it a challenge even though you've made loads to develop the recipe
2: um I suppose in a way you sort of want to get it so right because you know that it's such a classic recipe and it's something that's quite close to you so when I sort of was asked to write a roast chicken for the magazine I was kind of like okay I have to nail this um and you don't want to mess too much with a classic so yeah I suppose I you know I had to try it a few times and do different things to it and I researched quite a lot when I was developing the recipe as well
1: you say a few times, how many exactly do you remember how many times it took?
2: Hmm, I'm going to say, actually, maybe three, two or three, because it is something that ended up I would you know, I I make so often that I probably already kind of semi-developed it for years anyway. Um, So sometimes with the recipe testing and developing, it's such a new idea. And you're kind of so clear on the fact that like these three things are going to go together. um, And then you have to, you know, recipe test it many times. But actually, when it's something you've been doing for years, um, it's only a few more times of testing, really.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, I wonder what your roast chicken, your first ever one, was like compared to what it is now.
2: (laughs) I remember getting really into uh, sort of cooking. As a child, I really, really loved it, but then kind of went away from it a bit in my kind of early teens. And then when I was about 15, I remember getting so into cooking again and having friends around and cooking them roast chicken Um, and then being so kind of amazed that it was so tasty because I think they probably had, you know, kind of less flavoursome chicken. Um, before or just you know (laughs) just a chicken that had been roasted with salt and pepper which is totally fine um but I think they were just kind of in awe that I was kind of making this chicken taste so good
1: (laughs) yeah what needed changing so did you change any particular components when you were developing it
2: yeah so when it started I just roasted it um for so, I actually cooked it for longer than I thought it would probably need. So, it, was, it wasn't as moist and delicious as um, mm. I wanted. Um, but I also changed the way that the skin was salted. So, it started off as just kind of having a really nice layer of um, flaky sea salt on, which is super important. Um, or fleur de sel, um, and roasted so that kind of the moisture was extracted from the skin. But I kind of thought maybe I can go a bit further than that, because for me, the most delicious part of the roast chicken is that kind of almost chicken crackling that you get on the top um, from the skin. The skin has got so much flavour, and it's so good on the leftovers as well, so it's super important to get it really crispy. So, yeah, the first time I did it, just roasted it with the salt on um, and I made kind of like a herb mixture and things like that. And the second time I did it, I actually salted it and then left it overnight because I thought actually the longer the salt was on it, um, the more that moisture is going to be as- extracted. So in the recipe, you see, you salt the skin really generously overnight and you leave and it just kind of chilled in the fridge. The moisture is extracted from it and you get such a good crispy skin. <sighs> so important.
1: Yum. Delicious. What a tip. You said about using flaky sea salt instead of the fine sea salt that you get. Why is that so important versus using just normal standard table salt?
2: Well, contrary to opinion, I do believe that that like a good quality salt does taste better yes. Like, and I think a lot of people like salt pepper doesn't really matter and even growing up I kind of always thought you know what's the salt going to taste different but actually if you taste salts on their own or if you have it in you know something like a roast chicken where it's a very simple flavor profile it needs a really good quality salt in it um and yeah it's important I think a good quality salt so
1: we are moving away slightly from the chicken. We will circle back after my little segment to get to know you better. I basically have devised some questions in an attempt for listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Nothing scary. Don't worry. <laughs> so first question. When there's nothing left in the cupboards, what's the most random concoction that you've
2: eaten? Um, That would be revealing all of a food (laughs) writer's secrets, but I'm willing to share. Um, Thank you so so much. Keeping it real, keeping it real. I think it's super important um, to not pretend like I cook from scratch every night, although I do quite a lot most nights. But sometimes I also do food styling. So sometimes after a long day of shooting or recipe testing, um, I'm a big pasta fan. So I often have butter and marmite and spaghetti. That's a very um, classic (sighs) thing for me with Some grated cheddar. That's a sort of Nigella-esque dinner, isn't it? Also, another thing I really like is bovril, which is kind of a beef extract. That with butter and pasta is really delicious. You get kind of, especially in the winter, if you're strapped for time, um, and it makes like a rich beefy buttery sauce on your pasta and that was actually gifted to me by a very good friend of mine called Scarlet who always used to say she would have it um after a bit of a night out um, but actually it's a really it's just a really nice kind of comforting thing to eat um if you follow me on Instagram you will know that I love packet noodles so again a packet noodle is probably my kind of go-to random cheats thing and actually if I want to make my packet noodle a bit more exciting I stir my leftover roast chicken into it and do the crispy, you do. crispy chicken um crackling trip which is where you flatten a piece of uh, chicken skin it can be already crack- crackled or not and you put it two between two bits of baking paper um and between two uh baking trays and make it all crispy and then I put that on top so like shards of crackling um what was the original Genius. question was it like weird combination or combination?
1: Yeah, I think you've nailed it. Like, what, do you randomly, random concoctions. Have you tried, who was it? Ed Smith was telling me about putting, you know, you get those, like, sliced, cheapy packets of cheese on top of your ramen, like packet noodles. Meant to be amazing.
2: Okay, definitely, definitely doing that. I think that sounds great. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, basically, for yeah. yeah. me,
2: if I'm going to do weird combinations, it's probably, yeah, when I'm shot for time, and it's probably going to involve a carb, Sandwiches are quite big on my radar. I've spoken about sandwiches before. I won't get out on the sandwich route.
1: <laughs> we'll be here for 10 hours, guys. <laughs> okay, we have another segment, which is what I like to call Overheard in BBC Good Food HQ. When we're working in the test kitchen and with our colleagues, people say the most hilarious things, which taken out of context is quite hilarious. Is there any particular incident that you vividly remember?
2: Um, I think when I first started at Good Food years ago, Chelsea Collins was on the phone and it sounded like quite like kind of underground and I was like, what's going on? And she was going, yeah, sorry, I need you to get me a turkey. Can I get a turkey? Like, do you think we can maybe pick a turkey up this afternoon? And I was like, "Why is this? What is going on? But obviously what she was trying to do was get a turkey kind of mid-July on a hot day and the butcher thought she was mad um And so I suppose that's probably my <laughs>
1: only <laughs> overhead thing. Was brilliant! Like, Please, a turkey
2: anywhere. I don't get It was it it to get it. like that. Just, it like, yeah. Do you think? Do you think we can we get a turkey? Can I? Can I pick? Can a turkey? And um, so that's probably my <laughs> only overhead thing. I.
1: Oh, that's brilliant! So funny. The extent we will go to to find ingredients in random times of the year. It's impressive so let's dive in to roast chicken in general now people have got to know you a lot better <laughs> so when you go to a butcher's what would you normally ask for and what do you look for when buying
2: a chicken in general so I'm always um likely to go for an organic chicken um like I said before There's not a huge amount to it. So if you're going to do it, just get a really good one. It's very few ingredients. It's kind of better to go for like high quality um, if you can and just kind of less ingredients. Um, And especially with poultry, it's so important to, you know, kind of just spend a little bit more money. Maybe only have, you know, a really good roast chicken once a month. Chicken's definitely cheaper than red meat anyway. So if you're going to splash out on a good chicken, it's still going to cost you less than a rib of beef by far. Um, and to me it's like the ultimate roasting meat Um, you have to be quite careful when you buy a chicken in the butchers because some of the kind of free range ones that they get the french ones that they get are much older birds so they've been reared outside for longer so they they taste really good but they have a slightly tougher meat so they need a little bit of a lower and slower cook so be a bit careful with that kind of ask your butcher like the kind of age of the chicken things like that um if you're going to buy your chicken from a supermarket like i said free range is good organic is better i would always go for organic um you want to make sure it has like quite a plump breast with a kind of slightly thinner leg if you see the kind of non-free range ones they usually have really kind of plump legs they also have a really thick layer of flat fat the the non-free range ones and non-organic ones have a really thick thick layer of fat which isn't as good so you kind of um want to look for that kind of nice Skin on your chicken um, not broken skin um, no discoloration so you don't want any grey patches because you know the chicken's gone bad and you don't want it to have any kind of odour at all it should kind of be odourless if it's really fresh um, you can get really good um, organic chickens online in shops like you know kind of big or like all online supermarkets but you i think your butcher's definitely your best bet if you go to your butcher on a sunday morning um and just chat a little bit about the chickens they usually have it will tend tend to be organic so they'll usually have two or three different types and yeah the most expensive ones are usually those kind of outdoor bred um older chickens they have really good flavor um but just be careful with those they might need a little bit of longer cooking um and a bit slower as well they're really good in chicken soup because you slowly cook chicken soup So they simmer away really uh, gently and the meat falls off the bone and it's so tasty. It's almost got more of like a gamey flavour to it, which is nice.
1: Oh, delicious. That's such a good point about asking your butcher how old the chicken was or any information about it. I know a lot of people tend to be quite intimidated when they go to a butcher's, but it is always worth asking any questions that you have because they're always normally
0: really friendly. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers.
1: cooking the chicken upside down so breast side down does this help or is it all just a faff
0: well actually my um
2: mum cooks her chicken upside down it's so delicious it's kind of I think it's like a Thomasina Myers um method um and she cooks her chicken upside down with sort of red onions and it's really nice you don't get a crispy skin you get a really moist tender breast which is really delicious for certain things. So I'd probably do that if I was then going to shred it um and pop it in a salad or something like that or in a coronation chicken. Um I think that's really nice. I really do think the skin is quite key to a roast chicken as part of a roast dinner. Um so it's not something I would necessarily jump towards doing.
1: I have is done there, a, is way there to- a way to get the best of both worlds so so do it and then flip it over halfway. Yeah, together. I was gonna say so you okay. can
2: cook it. So if I do it that way, I do cook it in a like a cast iron pot um with the lid on so that you mm-hmm. kind of get all the steam in there. And then you get this. It also really makes good gravy doing it like that, which is really nice. Um so do it in a cast iron pot, but then yeah, I would flip it over maybe 20 minutes before the end and then just whack the oven up to high. Give it a seasoning of salt, because remember the salt extracts the moisture um before just after you flipped over and then just roast it on high to try and get that chicken skin. Again, if you really want to do it like that the whole way, because it does create a really nice flavor and a really nice moist breast, you can then take the chicken um, skin off, like I said earlier, when I talked about the crackling. And we actually have a recipe for that online, actually, of how to do that. And just putting it in between two um, baking sheets with two bits of parchment and crackling it up—that's also really nice. Um, a little it's bit more of a Do I think it's better? I'm always going to stick to that method that I've done because I tested it, blah blah blah, a thousand times. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's really up.
1: Amazing. Yeah, my grandma's always sworn by cooking it in a cast iron pot. I guess it just just depends. Speaking of appliances that you could cook with, have you ever cooked a chicken in an air fryer? I know they're all the rage at the moment.
2: I have never cooked a chicken in an air fryer. <laughs> um, I think I own one. Um, but I'm sure it's delicious. I, is it kind of yeah, a healthy yeah, way? Lots of
1: people on our Good Food Together group have been raving about cooking chickens in an air fryer. Maybe it's something we should test.
2: 100% I'm really intrigued I'm always up for trying new ways with a roast chicken so maybe I'll give that a go.
1: Any tips you can give us please head over to the Good Food Together Facebook page and let us know your thoughts. <laughs> so what are your top three tips for everybody to remember whilst cooking a roast chicken?
2: A roast chicken okay so always flavour your butter really well that you put under the skin and don't skimp too much on it because remember it's going to keep that breast of your chicken really moist but also pack it with so much flavor and when it cooks down and goes into the bottom of the pan you're left with all these juicy um kind of like slightly fatty liquids which make a fantastic gravy so um what i do with mine is i crush garlic and put it mash it into butter in a pestle and water with fresh herbs thyme is really nice lemon thyme is even better um, rosemary, kind of any woody herbs that you've got work really well in it. Also, actually, I've done it before um, in the summer with kind of like tarragon and dill and things like that. So kind of any herb to work actually. Um, make sure that's really generously stuffed under the skin of your chicken and try really hard not to break that skin as well. So you want to lift that up really gently. Some people get a spoon underneath it and just kind of Go underneath the skin, between the skin and the breast. That's kind of a nice way of doing it as well. But yeah, just take your time um, and do that. Really good to prep the night before. Um, Why not? Because A, it's a really good way of like getting ahead before a roast dinner. Um, And B, yeah, all those flavors start like mingling and having a jazzy time together. So you've got your salt on your skin, you've got your butter in there. The salt is extracting the moisture to give you that crispy skin. And the butter is like flavoring the breast. Probably the second thing I would say that's really good to do um, is to put a lemon in the cavity because a halved lemon kind of almost steams inside your chicken. And I always season the inside of the cavity as well so that you're getting kind of in from all angles. The third thing I would say is I actually roast my chicken on a flat baking tray so that you get the kind of crispiness the whole way around the chicken um, on the legs as well. Also really delicious, like I said, in a... Uh, cast iron pot but that kind of gives you that really nice moistness but if you're cooking it as per this method putting it on a tray is really nice if you get the crispiness it's still really moist um and delicious and when you carve it i know this is the fourth point but i just can't stop talking about chicken um, and when you carve it there's um Chef's perks, which is where you carve the chicken and you turn it over, and there's two bits on the bottom of the chicken that people always miss, and it is the most delicious part of the chicken, and it's called the chip. They they call it the chicken oysters, so it's like two kind of little nuggets of chicken and they're really 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 delicious. So you just pull the chicken over and you'll just see two kind of almost round bits in the middle and they're on either side and you just pull them out and you can eat them and they're delicious. Um the wings people always forget about the wings. I love the chicken wings on a roast chicken. Um, Obviously not loads of meat but if you've cooked it um properly and it's crispy just eating those chicken wings is really delicious.
1: What great tips. Speaking of carving, do you have any tips for beginners? It always seems like quite a daunting task, especially when you don't want to waste any of the meat.
2: Absolutely. So I think my biggest tip is not to try and carve the breast into pieces directly off the bird. Take the whole breast off each side of the chicken as one whole breast, just cut around the breast. So you kind of take the whole bit off then slice that into thicker slices. You get all your meat off that way. And um, you can shred bits off. Like sometimes I just put a couple of latex gloves on and just shred the rest of the meat off so I'm not missing any. Never waste anything on your chicken. Every time I make a roast chicken, I use all the leftovers from it, including the carcass. So um I make chicken soup a lot. It's one of my absolute favorite things. And I would never recommend, really, ever, if I'm roasting a chicken, buying a small or medium chicken. I, always go for a large one because you're going to get so much more for your money um you're always going to use those leftovers that can then make your second meal your monday night meal or your tuesday night meal with those leftovers and you just treat those leftovers like any other chicken that you would have so you can stir that through a risotto it can go in a curry um a sandwich Um, (laughs) um in your noodles um so yeah Always go for a bigger chicken and just shred everything off, use the carcass, cook that carcass up in a chicken soup. Great.
1: Golden. Brilliant. I've learned so much. I've had some readers on the Facebook group, which is called BBC Good Food Together, if anyone wants to check it out. They've sent in their roast chicken recipes to you. There are some really, really great questions and loads of roast chicken fans. So let's begin. Shall we do them quickfire? you ready okay yep ready (laughs) you got this okay so oliver wants to know if you cover and let the chicken rest the skin doesn't stay crispy how do you keep the skin crispy when you leave it to rest without putting it back in the oven oh no don't cover it
2: don't cover it if you've got crispy chicken not a problem always rest your chicken very important um for tenderization and all that kind of thing. But you don't really need to cover it. Just make sure you've got hot plates and hot gravy to pour over at the end. If you cover it, it's gonna go, it's just gonna go soggy. If you put a lid on your cast iron pot, it's gonna go soggy. If you cover it in foil, it's gonna go soggy because all the steam, it's so hot that chicken it's just gonna make that skin really moist again, which is a real shame. So I personally never really cover mine. I leave it at the back of the hob where things are kind of still warm. And the pan that it's in is probably going to keep it quite warm anyway, so I wouldn't worry too much about
1: that. How long would you leave it to rest for? Half an hour. Nice. Nice. Very interesting, I'm sure. There were loads of people asking that, so I'm sure that would be really helpful. Okay, Laura asks, how do you avoid overcooking it because um, she's scared of food poisoning? Are there any tips to knowing when it's done to perfection?
2: Um... I, I, I think it's a really tricky one because I do understand why people are, you know, kind of sceptical about cooking a chicken. It's kind of a big bird and it is notorious for, you know, it can give you poisoning if it's undone. Um, just make sure you follow those timings really well. Weigh your chicken. Um, look at our timings on good food. and um, Just trust yourself a little bit. It's really good to have a thermometer if you've got an electric thermometer or thermo pen if you're worried about cutting into it. But there's really no harm in cutting into the leg. You're going to carve it anyway, so it's not like a beauty contest. But... Um, I cook mine for the specified time on the recipe, like in per recipe for the lemon roast chicken. And then I'll just cut into the leg. And what you're looking for is the juices to run really clear. The thing is with organic chickens, they do have a bit more of a bloodier um, inside. So the bones are a bit redder because they've had a happier life. The blood has been flowing really well um, and they just have you know better blood flow from running around. So you are still gonna get that a little bit. And that's the kind of thing where people end up overcooking their chicken. It's fine if the fibres are set. So if you see the set fibres and you can pull the chicken apart into shreds and the liquid runs clear and not bloody and red, then you're fine. The chicken is done.
1: Amazing. Such great tips. So Jerry would like to know whether brining the chicken is worth it. So I know that you salt yours quite heavily before cooking.
2: Yeah, so I suppose that is essentially a brine. um, And I do really agree that that really helps. It really imparts the flavour. Not only... You know, that the salt kind of goes into the chicken and it's really well seasoned. I think brining is really good. I mean, people get really into it and it gets quite faffy. Um, so I sometimes just kind of um, cut the chicken up, joint it and buttermilk it, um, coat it in breadcrumbs and do like a southern fried chicken vibe, or even spices and things work really well. And it really, buttermilk really helps to kind of break it down a little bit and make it really moist. With a roast chicken, I think you could get quite chefy and brine it. Probably wouldn't bother. I'd probably just go for the salting technique. It's a bit easier um, and you get really similar results. It's not a dry bird, a chicken. If it's cooked well... It's a moist thing, like it should not be dry. You're probably overcooking it if it's dry. Um, So I would be, you know, I I think it's such a delicious meat. If it's an organic chicken, if it's a really good quality chicken, it holds its own really well. It'll be so tasty. There's not that much reason to impart loads more different flavors in it. Um, When you're doing something like a turkey, I kind of understand it a little bit more because um, turkey is just a little bit drier. So um, if it was for me, I probably wouldn't bother. Amazing. I know a lot of people immediately
1: go to think that they have to brine a chicken, but no, just heavily salt it. So I would love to finish off by asking you generally about the development process of your recipes. I know we've talked about your amazing lemon sage roast chicken, but you have, in fact, developed many, many hundreds of recipes for good food. Um, And it's always a really interesting process because I know each member of the team does develop and test things differently. So what is your development process when you start off a recipe? Do you uh, start the method or specific ingredients?
2: That's really interesting. And that's actually a question that I get asked a lot by my own friends. They're always like, but how do you write a recipe? How does it start? Um, I... Trained as a chef, I went to cookery school. Um, I've worked in food for quite a long time now, so for me, it's the easiest way is to write a method down first. I kind of feel like I maybe know what goes together a bit more. Um, and I find it easier just to kind of write the method and, um, yeah, like just have it clearly written, print it out, and then test it. So then it will probably be tweaked in the first test um and sometimes i'll do a second test or i'll get you to test at liberty um and it's kind of nice to have a second eye on it i tend not to have to tweak them too much once i've written them to be honest um because just just such a a pro pro. no 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 i just mean flavor wise temperatures timings yeah i mean (laughs) come on um sometimes the quantities are off as we know but it's really good to have it written down as a basis to go off um And it just makes it a bit smoother. If I was to kind of test it first, I'd be writing the whole time and it would feel like quite haphazard. So, and I'd probably be spilling like white sauce and like tomato juice all over everything. So it's good to just have it written and then you can just go back into the document and tweak what you've written. Um, Some things you've kind of already, you know, you make a lot, you make roast chicken a lot. Some things are completely fresh new recipes and they need two or three tests. Like things that I find the hardest to get right and baking like that's not as much I really like it but it's not like it's more of a technical thing
1: yeah and it's harder to tweak as you go along so when when you're making savory things especially you can always add a dash more this and a dash more that but once you bake something and it doesn't come out quite right you have to
2: do it all again you have to start all over again so yeah yeah
1: I do think it's a fascinating world Testing recipes um, and developing them. Why is it so important to test and develop
2: them? Always want them to work for people. I don't want them to ever go down and people find them really difficult to do. It's so important that you know we are. It will never change again after we've written it. Like it needs to be um, totally right. So I don't. Um, I don't want it to ever cut. You know, be in print and wrong so you know it we are where it all starts for people and they trust our recipes and they trust us and we have to do a good job in that and also you know our names go next to the recipes um I love cooking and I love eating and I wouldn't want to be someone that made my lasagna and it didn't work so really really important of course
1: you have to take such pride in knowing that your recipes work and a lot of trust goes into us for people that purchase all of the ingredients, but they know that it's going to work.
2: Exactly. Really nice, we are you? the trusted brand. And we do test our recipes a lot as well. So you're probably, probably hearing from, you know, how much it kind of almost means to us in a way. And I think we all feel so responsible and we say love love our jobs. We love recipe yeah, writing. Yeah.
1: So, so much love goes into each one of the recipes and so much thought and constant texts to each other on the team saying oh should I change this should I change that what should we do
2: and some you end up doing 10 times and it comes out really Mm -hmm. well and you kind of don't think that was a waste of time because you know that people will enjoy it and hopefully for years to come use it
1: yeah that's it's been so interesting all I want now is a beautiful roast chicken what are you most excited to perfect next
2: uh, I suppose there's a kind of things that I would like to learn more about and get, you know, kind of perfect recipe wise. I'm always writing recipes. I kind of have a post-it note stash next to my cooker and my wall has loads of post-it notes stuck to different ideas. So um, I've got a few ideas up my sleeve of things I'd like to develop a bit more. Um, what would I really like to perfect? I'd actually really like to kind of learn a few more things that, you know, not aren't des- necessarily, you know, things that I make all the time. I'd like to um perfect recipes that way but um yeah I mean new ones all the time that I'd like to be better
1: always a learning process there's always so many different things to learn and to make which is why it's always so exciting Thank you so much for joining me, Esther. I hope everyone has learnt a lot from this roast chicken genius.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. It's been so nice and it's really nice to, you know, sit and talk about your job and how it all happens behind the scenes. And I hope everyone goes away and makes more delicious roast chicken.
1: So good. So, so good. You can find the recipe on the Good Food website under crispy lemon and sage chicken, I believe. Esther thank you for joining me what a dream to have spent some time picking your brain about the ultimate roast chicken now there's no excuse for anyone at home to make a dry or flabby roast chicken you can find the full recipe for it on bbcgoodfood.com and Esther on instagram at Esther M Clark and I'm Liberty on at baking the liberty and Esther will be recording a bonus episode which will be on this weekend so you can join a cook along with her Be sure to join me next time where I will be joined by another member of our recipe creation team talking through the interesting development process of one of their recipes. Thank you so much for listening to Test Kitchen Troubleshooting, a new podcast from BBC Good Food. For recipes and more information, please visit bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you never miss an episode. (音楽) We'll be right back. back.